Well, good morning, everybody. If we have not had the privilege of meeting yet, my name is Austin, and I am one of the pastors here at Circle. I am very happy that you're here. And I don't know about you, but I just loved seeing all of the highlights from that all-nighter a couple weeks ago. The one thing, though, that I wish that we actually got to see up there was John's outfit from that. And I think if we ask him long enough, if we send him enough emails, we may be able to get him to wear it when he speaks on Easter Sunday. So his email is jravichander at cdac.ca. Please send your wardrobe request to him, and let's see him get in that outfit. But I am so glad that you're joining us this Palm Sunday. And I want to start by asking you a question. How do you feel about crowds? Do you like crowds? Do you like being a part of a crowd? What happens in your mind, even now as we begin to start to create a crowd image in your mind? What happens in your body? Do you begin to tense up? Do you start to feel a little claustrophobic when you think of yourself shoulder to shoulder with people? Or are you filled with curiosity? Are you filled with nervous anticipation? I'll ask you again. Do you like crowds? I know that if I was to ask my youngest brother this question, he would give me a resounding no. He absolutely hates crowds. He can't stand them in the slightest. Whenever we've been at a sporting event or a, an event that draws a crowd, you can almost guarantee that the next time you see him will be at the car at the end of the event. Because it's in those moments, it's in crowds, that I am convinced that my brother should have been a running back. He's six foot two, he's built like a football player, and it's in a crowd that he shows such incredible agility. Like, he is just gone. We've gone to a couple of NBA games together, and as soon as the game is over and the final buzzer goes, he's gone to the car. He's waiting for us. He does everything in his power to weave and dart through the crowd because he cannot spend an extra minute in the shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder mass of people. So if we asked him this question, without a doubt, I know his answer would be no. But if I asked my wife just this question, she loves being in a crowd. If we're somewhere and she sees a crowd starting to form, whatever the reason is, she is immediately drawn to it. Her curiosity pulls her right into the center of the crowd. She needs to know why this crowd is forming. We were in Seattle at this time last year, and one morning we decided that we were going to grab coffee at a coffee shop near where we were staying. And as we walked closer and closer to this coffee shop, it became very clear to her that there was a crowd forming on one of the sides of the street. So naturally, Jess was drawn into the crowd with curious anticipation. A short while of waiting amongst the people that continued to amass, this scene unfolded before us. 
the scene you're seeing is we were in Seattle the same day that the President of the United States was there, and a crowd was forming just to see one of the three limos that he might have been in. You might notice that there are no palm branches in this processional, but there are a ton of police motorcycles. Like, I didn't even get them all in the film. Recently, in another one of our travels, we learned that there is a massive difference between being in a crowded place and being a part of a crowd. Now, a crowded place is just a lot of people in a confined area, but a crowd has its collective attention drawn to something. In the beginning of this year, we found ourselves in a really crowded place. The kind of crowded place that there was people everywhere. But the interesting thing about this place is that crowds formed out of just about nowhere. There was always something that unified our attention and made us a crowd. While we were there, we either stumbled into a crowd or got swept up into one for whatever reason. This next clip, if you know, you know. We were in Disney World, and there were crowds everywhere. Anytime Goofy would show up, there would be a crowd of people. Anytime a parade was about to break out, there would be a crowd of people. And anytime the fireworks went off, the crowd amassed. In this place, Jess's curiosity kept drawing her into the crowd. And so I'm going to ask you again, how do you feel about crowds? Are you quick to pass through them? Or are you drawn in by them? Regardless of how you feel about crowds, it's in the crowd that we enter the story of Easter. When we read the stories of Jesus' life and ministry, which we're going to do this morning, one of the things that we'll notice is that the crowd is actually a really important character in the story. Just like we read of Jesus and his disciples being key characters in the New Testament story, the crowd is a character that shows up an awful lot. Whenever Jesus shows up in the story, you can almost guarantee that the crowd is either present there or not too far behind him. We think of stories of the feeding of the 5,000 or the Sermon on the Mount. If we really think about it, most of Jesus' parables happened in the presence of the crowd. So it's today, on Palm Sunday, that the crowd again plays a starring role in the New Testament story. And it's in and through the lens of the crowd that we draw into the story. It's where we should find ourselves as we journey to Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And I think it's in the crowd that each one of us finds our story represented in some form or fashion. So this Easter, rather than rush and weave through the crowd on the way to the destination, let's choose to draw into the crowd 
and let's see if we can find ourselves in this Palm Sunday crowd. And I think if we do this, if we take a moment to look around the crowd and find ourselves there, we will also find an invitation to each one of us as we enter into this Easter season. So, if you have your Bible with you, or your Bible app at the ready, we are going to look at the Palm Sunday story through the lens of John's telling of it. So let's head to John chapter 12, starting at verse 12. If you're new to church, John's gospel is found in the New Testament, which will be the second half of your Bible, and his book will be the fourth in the New Testament. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, then John. For a bit of context, John is a student of Jesus, or rather one of his disciples. And so he would have been a witness to all of the events that he writes. John writes, The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, his disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had been done to him. Now, really key on this next part. Now, the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. You may have noticed as we read that passage of Scripture together that the crowd bookends Jesus' activity in this story. Jesus enters Jerusalem during the festival of Passover, and if you're familiar with the story, or you've heard it before, you know this. This is a familiar story. And it's likely a scene that you would have had in your mind when you came in this morning, or when you remembered that this morning was Palm Sunday. If this is your first time hearing this story, you're probably beginning to form this picture in your mind as well. Jesus, seated on a donkey, riding into Jerusalem, surrounded by a crowd carrying palm branches. That's the image we should have in our mind. So the question that we should be asking as we approach this story is, where am I in the crowd? If we examine this Palm Sunday crowd, if we examine the crowd that is gathered here closely, we can identify at least three different postures in the crowd. 
Or rather, we can see that there are three different sides of this crowd. Now again, the crowd has something that's unifying their attention, but they all stand on a different side of Jesus as he enters the city. Or they enter in on a different vantage point of what's going on. They are unified in their attention, but they are not united in how they feel about Jesus. So let's look at the first and most prominent side of the crowd in this story. Those that were with Jesus, or rather those that were on the side of Jesus, Jesus' followers. They would have been part of the crowd that carried the palm branches and spread their cloaks on the road in front of Jesus. They would have been the side of the crowd that cried out, Hosanna, blessed is the king. When we read this story, this is the crowd that we often focus on. Or this is the side of the crowd that dominates our mental image of the crowd. And I think that this is the side of the crowd that many of us identify with. We identify with them because this is the side of the crowd that came with Jesus. They entered the city with Jesus rather than our mental image of them already being in the city. Many of you, many of us, are entering into the Easter story already having a relationship with Jesus. When you came in this morning, you already had a relationship with Jesus, whether that's only a few weeks old or 50 years you're already in the crowd as Jesus enters triumphantly on Palm Sunday. So, if this is where we find ourselves already, what does this mean for us as we enter into another Easter season on this side of the crowd? What's our invitation? I think that we can find our invitation when we discover what gathered this crowd in the first place. What gathered us in the first place? John captures this best in his version of this story. He tells us, his reader, that this side of the crowd formed long before Jesus was on the donkey or before he passed through the gates. I mean, when we look at the story as a whole, we zoom out, we could make the argument that the crowd has just been here all along, this mass of people following Jesus. But John wants to point out that there is one major reason that this crowd gathered this time. And that reason is resurrection. Not a meal or a teaching from Jesus, but an incredible, earth-shattering demonstration of God's power. Just before Palm Sunday, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. That's a story that you can read a couple verses before this Palm Sunday account. John writes, now the crowd, in his Palm Sunday account, he writes, now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. 
many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. It was because of resurrection that these people were gathered. They had either seen or heard what had happened, and that's what drew them to come and see Jesus. And as they came to see him, they get caught up in this kingly processional that Jesus was enacting. Just imagine for a second you being in the crowd. For a moment, you're on that side. Not only has Jesus just raised someone from the dead, which is amazing, by the way. I don't know if you've seen that before. But now he's entering the city as a king. And not just a king, but your long-awaited king. Would you not have gotten caught up in the frenzy? Would you not have started to sing like this crowd and proclaim him king? So what's the invitation to you as you find yourself on this side of the crowd, the side that's already with Jesus? I think the invitation is to do some self-reflection. And to ask the question of ourselves, are we still caught up in the joy and frenzy of experiencing resurrection? Or has this story become stale to us? Have you experienced and heard the story of the resurrection of Jesus so much or so often that you've lost a bit of your passion for it? Is this just another Easter? Have you maybe just entered this story like my brother in a crowd and you've just weaved and raced through it because you've read it a hundred times? Do you feel like you're going through the motions again? If that is you, and you are feeling like you're going through the motions of a familiar story, here's another question for you. Have you forgotten that you've experienced resurrection? Have you forgotten that God called you out of death like Lazarus and brought you into new life in Jesus? I want to remind you this morning that if you follow Jesus, if you have a relationship with him, you've already experienced resurrection in a spiritual sense. When you entered a relationship with him, you said goodbye to your old life and entered into new life with Jesus. The Apostle Paul talks about this very thing in his letter to the Corinthians. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. It was the resurrection of Lazarus that first gathered this crowd. But it is the resurrection of Jesus that gathers us here. And not only that, but it is the resurrection that's happened in your own life that brought you here today. 
this Sunday is not just another Easter. And the amazing thing is, is that God gathers us here, but not just on Easter. The resurrection that we've experienced in Jesus and in our own life is what brings us here week after week. And it's been doing that in the life of church and the follower of Jesus for over 2,000 years. Have we forgotten that? Or have we just heard it so much that it's become stale for us? Have we forgotten our own resurrection in Jesus? I want to remind you again that you have experienced resurrection for yourself. You have been called out of death and into new life. And that is not something that we should ever forget. It's what brought us here. It's what gathered us here. So remember that as you enter into this Easter season. You are living in the post-resurrection of Jesus' life. Remember that as you walk through this story over the next week. Because when this story, when we remember it and it becomes alive in us, we remember the joy that comes with the resurrection. When that happens, when we remember that joy, it does something in us. When we remember that Jesus raised us from death into life, it lights a new fire in us. And we just can't help but glorify and praise God for what he's done in our lives. Just like this side on Palm Sunday. So as you prepare for Easter, pray and ask God to reignite something in you that may be burning low and slow. Ask him to reignite that joy and passion you first felt when you came to faith in Jesus when you experience resurrection for the first time. When this happens for us, we become the kind of people that just can't keep this kind of good news to ourselves. I don't know if it's helpful, but do you remember when you first came to faith? Do you remember how you would tell those closest to you, or maybe you're the kind of person that just told anybody who would listen what you've experienced? Notice that this crowd grows and grows because they can't stop telling people about the resurrection that they had experienced. What if we had that same passion? Imagine the crowd that would form in here. Imagine the kinds of people that that would draw in. Because when they look at the crowd that's grown, they say there's something contagious about these resurrection people. So again, the invitation to us is to remember and to recapture the joy of resurrection, to remember the way that Jesus called us out of death and into new life. We are invited this Easter to enter this story anew, to recapture the joy of the good news of Jesus. So lean into this familiar story. Don't let it grow stale in your mind or your heart. Enter into this story again, but as you do, look at it through the lens of your own life. How has the resurrection of Jesus impacted you? Rediscover the joy you first experienced when you experienced new life in Jesus. 
rejoin the frenzy of the Palm Sunday crowd that has seen resurrection. But as we continue to read the story, we should also recognize that this is not the only side present. The reality is, is there's also a side of this crowd that is resistant to Jesus. Whether they are outright in opposition to him or skeptical he is who he says he is, they are also present in this crowd. We see this in the posture of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And maybe this is where you find yourself in the crowd. And maybe this is where you find yourself today. Maybe you're here and you aren't a follower of Jesus. Or maybe you're joining us online or after the fact and you just are not a fan of this Jesus or Christians for that matter. If that's you and you're here, I want to thank you for being here. You are absolutely welcome here because you too would have been in the crowd on Palm Sunday. And we recognize that you're probably in this room too. There would have been a whole contingent of people in the crowd that were not welcoming Jesus with palm branches or rolling out the red carpet. There would have been people that would have seen this display by Jesus as incredibly offensive. People would have taken Jesus' entrance as an offensive political statement or as a religious statement. That's where the Pharisees are at on Palm Sunday. They are the ones in the Apostle Luke's version of this story telling Jesus' disciples to be quiet. Don't make a scene. They would have been the ones in John's telling grumbling off to the side about Jesus. If we look back a little further in John's gospel, they're actually plotting to kill Jesus. So it is safe to say that they were resistant to Jesus. And maybe that's where you are today. Maybe somehow or some way, someone has dragged you here. Maybe they said, hey, let's grab breakfast, and the next thing you knew, you were here listening to me. If that happened to you, I really hope that they paid for breakfast at least. But maybe you're here. Whatever the story is, and this is the last place that you want to be, or maybe this is the last place that you thought you would be today. And you're here and you're not overly interested in church, faith, or this Jesus that we keep talking about. Maybe you're in this crowd and you've tried the church thing before and you've just left hurt or completely disenchanted. Maybe based on your own examination of faith or Christianity, you've come to the conclusion that you're not with the Jesus crowd. So, if we believe that you too would have been in the crowd, and this is where you find yourself in this story, what is the invitation to you? What is the invitation to you that we can draw from this story? Because again, I believe we can all be found in the crowd and there is an invitation to each one of us. I think the invitation to you 
is to join the third side of the Palm Sunday crowd. The side of the crowd that asks the question, who is this? The curious side of the crowd that began to gather just to find out what truly is happening. In Matthew's telling of the Palm Sunday story, he highlights a conversation that happens at the end of the story. Matthew 21, verse 10 and 11. When Jesus enters Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And the crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. There were those in the crowd that were genuinely curious as to who this Jesus was. There were those in the crowd who wanted to get to the bottom of what formed this crowd and what was causing all of the excitement. So this is, if this is you, if this is where you find yourself on the side of the crowd, if you find yourself resistant to Jesus, would you consider this Easter joining the side of the curious? Would you once again join the side of the crowd that is asking good questions and looking to explore the question, who is Jesus? Here at Circle, we welcome all three sides of the crowd to engage this question for themselves. Our desire is to be the kind of community that creates space to wrestle with questions. We believe that God invites us to ask tough questions about life, faith, and God. So if you're willing, would you re-enter on the side of the crowd of the curious? And maybe you're already there. Maybe that's why you're here. Maybe you're here to give faith, the church, and Jesus one last chance. Maybe you've come to church this morning because you have questions about faith and God. If this is you, and you're willing to enter into this season with a curious posture and a willingness to ask tough questions, I'd love to invite you into a couple of key places over the next week or in the weeks to follow. As Pastor John already said, over the next week, we as a church family are going to turn our attentions to Jesus and what happened over 2,000 years ago during that first Easter. We are going to look at what Jesus accomplished on the cross and what that means for us now. On Easter Sunday, we are going to celebrate the resurrection and how that one event in human history changed everything. So would you consider joining us and journeying with our community as we explore some of the most important events in our Christian faith? The other space that I would love to invite you to is Alpha. Alpha is a space at Circle where you can come and explore life's big questions in a low-pressure, informal environment. At Alpha, we gather around tables and ask 
questions like, is there more to life than this? Why did Jesus die? How can I have faith? And many more questions like that. I've had the amazing honor over the last few years to get to know people around the table and be a part of really amazing conversations centered around really tough questions. Questions like, if God is so good, why does he let bad things happen? God isn't afraid of questions like these. God isn't afraid of your questions. And so we as a church want to create space for those. So again, if you're willing to join the side of the crowd that is curious, or that's where you find yourself today, can I encourage you to try Alpha this spring? And if you're worried that you're not going to know anyone there, I will be there. And so you already know one person. And so that barrier is lowered. And I just want you to know we have an amazing team who loves people and loves engaging in conversation. And so if you're willing, please join us over the next number of weeks as we look to unpack the question together, who is this? Because my hope and my prayer is that for each one of us, no matter where we find ourselves in the crowd, but particularly those who are coming in with curiosity, my hope and prayer is that that question is answered for you in the most profound and life-changing way. Now, as we begin to wrap up our time together, I just want to point something out to the side of the crowd where most of us find ourselves in, the crowd that already knows Jesus. I want to draw your attention back to both Matthew and John's account of this story. If this is the side of the crowd that you identify yourself in, I want you to know that it is our side of the crowd that spreads the word about Jesus on Palm Sunday in John's account, and it's our side of the crowd that engages with the question, who is Jesus, in Matthew's telling. So I want to say to each one of us that already knows Jesus, this is one of the greatest invitations to all of us as we re-enter the Easter story. As we go from here this morning, would we recapture this role, the role of the crowd that spreads the good news of what Jesus has done around us and in us? Would we regain the side of the crowd, the role that seeks to answer and unpack the question, who is this? So as we leave here and go into this week, would we all, regardless of where we find ourselves on the, in the crowd, would we all re-enter the story in this way? If you are unsure about Jesus, or you have lots of questions about faith, would you re-enter the story with curiosity? Would you ask good questions? Would you come along for the journey and examine this Jesus that draws our attention? And again, if you're a follower of Jesus, would you engage with this story that you've engaged with again and again? But would you do it with a new energy? 
Would you take time this week to reflect and remember the resurrection you've experienced, the new life that you've experienced in Jesus? And would you again take up the role of spreading the word of what Jesus has done? And would you invite people to participate this Easter? Whether that's coming to a Good Friday service or Easter Sunday, whether it's an invitation to Alpha, or if it's actually just an opportunity to share your story of resurrection and new life with somebody. As we approach another Easter, we are all being invited to re-enter this important story. So I would encourage you, church, rather than darting and weaving through it this year, like my brother does in every and all crowds, would you see this crowd forming, the crowd that forms on Palm Sunday, and would you draw towards it? Would you enter into it? Would you set your focus on Jesus, the one who came and did the most incredible thing, not just on Easter, but in each one of us? No matter where we find ourselves in the crowd, God wants to do a new work in each one of us. So don't rush through this crowd. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Palm Sunday. We thank you that you drew a crowd. God, we thank you that resurrection is what draws us. So Father, I pray, as we enter into Holy Week, as we engage in another Easter, would we not forget that you've invited us into new life? Would we not forget your resurrection and the resurrection that you've invited us into? And Father, I pray for those who are entering in on the side of the curious. Would you meet them in the most profound way? And would they come to an answer, who is this, to be a God that loves them? We pray these things in your name. Amen.